Welcome to the Lemons and Pineapples podcast. I'm your host, Emma O'Brien, personal development coach, heart math practitioner, dog photographer, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I share tools, strategies, and amazing guest interviews to help you improve your mindset and your well-being with a sprinkle of fun and probably some mention of dogs along the way. So without further ado, let's squeeze the day. Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 42 of the podcast. Today, my guest is Andrea Bentley, and we're talking about her journey from being codependent in a relationship to completely independent. Andrea is a makeup artist. She is a mum to five kids and a life coach who is originally from London, but now lives in the Lake District. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. I'm excited for our chat today um, because being literally quite stuck in a relationship and very dependent on somebody else is a situation I can 100% relate to. I've had an experience of that. Um, And I'm interested to hear more about your experience. And I think more importantly, what we're going to be talking about is your learnings from this and you know, kind of what you're what you're now taking into your everyday life as a result of the experience you had. So you're a single mum to five children. Um, I sort of um, I've got five dogs and that is hard enough. And one child, <laughs> one child at university who is uh, a handful. So I'm not quite sure about five. Um, and you are now living independently, managing everybody else um, on your own. But it wasn't always that way for you. Could you share a bit about your journey for us? Yeah, absolutely. I have got one at university now, though. So I've got three living at home with me. I've got one at university and my son has just um, left in September for army college. So I've got three at home. So I think everything stems from my childhood. I think what we, the environment that we're in and what I went through was actually quite a traumatic childhood. So from there, I think I developed uh, codependency. So when I got um, married very young um, and whilst I would never change, obviously having my children, everything, it wasn't the right relationship for me. And because of what had happened in my childhood, I was so dependent on this person. This person was my everything and although I'd I had got qualifications and things as soon as I got married and everything I didn't use it I was just mum um so yeah I got married young didn't really think it through too much I went as well from my um family home straight to being married as well so I never had that bit of time in your life which I tell my kids now like have that bit of time where you just are on your own and like, yeah, going to university and live with other people, find out who you are before you go straight from that home environment to a relationship, which is obviously I went from a, a very, very full on situation. Um, and yeah, it was, I felt like through the process, I was losing who I was because I wasn't doing the things that I was passionate about. And then slowly I felt like I was losing who I was, although I love being a mum. Um, I still think that we need to have more than being a mum. There's something else that's created in me that I need to give out to the world. And yeah, I just feel like that was all very much repressed. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I also, I, I got married 
to my first proper boyfriend um, and I managed to be married to him for two years just under and we had our little one I was 22 when I had my daughter and I think the one thing you don't think about when you're that age is that in having a child with someone you are tying yourself to that person for the rest of your life and you know even though my daughter's now 19 nearly 20 He's still kind of in the periphery. I still occasionally have to deal with him. I don't want to. And, you know, I wouldn't, like you, I wouldn't change having my daughter for the world. But I think it's, I wish I'd had a little bit more thought about, you know, you are connected to the person who's the father of your child forever. And, you know, even when you're not with them anymore, you still have to deal with them. And that's hard. That's been very hard for me. I think that's been a part of the work I've been doing on my journey is um, the forgiveness work really with him. Because, you know, you can carry, uh, there's a lot of anger and resentment I have towards him and you can carry it around. And it's like, you know, the, the old adage of you can be raging at someone, but it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, what do you think made you go literally from your family home straight into a relationship? And and why do you think you ended up so dependent on your ex? I think that I do have complex trauma. So I think as mm. what happened to me as a child created an unhealthy dependency, obviously when we're children, we do depend on our parents, but when something's happens with the boundaries or, you know, we have a bad experience in childhood, it triggers just unhealthy relationships. And for me, that was normal. That was my normal was an unhealthy beginning attachment. And once you have that, you don't recognize the red flags when you meet someone and they're love bombing you and you're, you know, and you're just like, this person's everything. That was my normal because of what I'd gone through as a child. And it took like a year of therapy to figure the actual root. Like, why did this happen? But that is why. And I'm glad that I got to the root of it because getting to the root of it meant that I could fully move on from it and fully heal. And like you say, when you forgive someone, you don't even, you don't have to do it for that person. You have to do it for yourself to move on and to be the complete person that you're meant to be and just let it go. And I don't think it's a one-time thing either. I think yeah. it's something that you have to keep doing when it comes yeah. up, just let it go, let it go. But it's it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, I think it is very hard. And 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 what you're saying about the unhealthy attachment, I think is is so important to recognize and understand why we've ended up in a situation. Because I think until you recognize that pattern and you have an understanding of what led you to that point, this is when people repeat patterns and repeat patterns and repeat patterns and then go, why does this keep happening to me? And often, you know, it's very subconscious programming. And I think it's very courageous that you took a year of therapy to unpack that and repack it more neatly. I think often we go to therapy, the the, the metaphor that springs to mind for me is like you drag a big heavy case in where you've just lobbed everything in and it's a mess. And you take yeah. the time to unpack, carefully fold, chuck out what you don't need, and then put what you've kept, file it neatly. So it doesn't have this chaos in the back of your mind the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious, because you've obviously made some massive, massive mindset shifts in the in the process of this work that you've done. Yeah. What 
inner shifts did you have to make to leave the relationship with all the children and move literally from not working, being at home, being financially reliant on somebody else to just to going, you know, pretty much a, a 180 of being very independent. Yeah, I knew that I had to do it. I knew I had to believe in myself. And once I believed in myself and I was surrounded by people around me that told me you can do this, that was everything to me. So when I was going through the period of my relationship ending and rebuilding myself, I had to get rid of people that didn't see my potential. That was incredibly important. And people do not talk about that enough. I'm glad I did that. Um, and people would be like, why is she changed so much? Yeah, I am changing because I have to do this for me now. And I did have to cut people out that kind of saw the old repressed Andrew and that was safe and they preferred that one. But no, when I actually knew I had to earn an income and I had to take care of these five children and it was just before the pandemic as well that everything had happened. So we had that too going on. Um, so I just knew there was no question that I just... I had to believe in myself. I had to have people around me that believed in me. And I just had to give it my absolute all. And also like delegating as well. Like I learned that a lot in therapy is that, you know, it's not a one woman show. Like it's not possible that you can do everything. So where you can delegate. So that's something that I talk through as well. Like what can you get help with and asking for help as well. I think that's really important to become happy is asking for what you want. Yes, but that's easier said than done because I my, my my feeling on it is is that a lot of people go through life and don't do that. You're right. Do you have any thoughts as to why people struggle to ask for what they want in life? Definitely, because I used to be exactly the same. I think it's fear of rejection. It's fear of someone saying no and then taking it personally. But often when someone can't do something, it's not personal. It's just what's going on with them. And if we remember that and then think, all right, I'm just going to ask someone else or find a different solution, then it's absolutely fine. So it's just not taking it personally. But it's a big step um, to start doing that when you're not used to it. Um, yeah. But it is. It really does make a difference. And it really adds to our happiness when we are asking. Because I've read a statistic as well where 90% of what we actually ask will come back with a yes. If we ask in like a non-aggressive way, mm-hmm. most of the time we will get what we want when we actually ask. Yes. And I think the the other the other take on that, and I, I think that's a brilliant perspective on it, is that sometimes the asking can feel like you're allowing the facade of coping to break that yeah. I don't have this all together. And I speak as someone who is uh, a high-functioning, anxious person who likes to be in control. I'm uh, planning wedding number two currently, and I'm coming up against some quite massive control issues that I wasn't 100% aware I had. <laughs> I am Bridezilla. <laughs> Um, and then my mother is not helping because my mother is also, I'm, I'm looking at both my parents and going, oh, the pair of you have got massive need to be in control the whole time. No wonder I'm like this. Then my mother's yeah. also in on it as well. So it's just, it, this is literally Emma's wedding featuring the engineer currently. Ah. Um, <laughs> guest starring the, the groom. So, um, but I think it's it's for me in asking for help, I sit, I come from a, a perspective of, is the person going to do it as well as me? 
and um, can I relinquish the control? And sometimes we have to be yeah. brave enough to say, you know what, I'm actually not coping here. Yeah. Please, can you help me? And like you said, most people, if you ask them, will say, sure thing, no problem. No problem. Exactly. It's just taking that confidence just to say, I'm going to try. And you will get nose back. Like I said, not everyone's going to be able to be available all the time. Yeah. But a massive thing for me to be able to, like with the podcasting, and I've done some modeling, I've done makeup, I wouldn't be able to do all that and raise five children and not ask people to help out. Mm-mm. That's impossible. Mm. Absolutely. So I just had to. I just had to ask. And then when people were saying yes, the opportunities were coming up and it just clicked into place. Yeah. And I think that's a really, uh, a really great point that I just want to highlight what you've said there is we have to make space for opportunities to come up and sometimes in making space we have to let things go not we're not letting children go but delegating things to somebody else to free up room to be able to move forwards and I think that's somewhere in both life and business I think a lot of people get stuck because they're kind of on the on the treadmill of of trying to do everything and then wondering why business isn't growing why they're not getting promoted why they feel unhappy and you know why they've not got time for things and it's a great point that we we need to make room for new ideas and new opportunities to come in so thank you for for bringing that up I think that's really really valuable we need to step out more um and when we sort out those things like I'll give you an example as well like cleaning is my nemesis and I really don't enjoy it And I find I'm so much more creative when I actually get a cleaner in and then they can sort it. I know it sounds, I know it's not possible for everyone, but for me, it's worth that investment because I'm able to podcast more. I'm able to get more done and I'm so much more productive. So I think we need to put things in place so that we can do Mm -hmm. our creative passions. I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's super, super important. I would like to come back to something you said about getting rid of people who were kind of wanting you to stay being the old Andrea. And I imagine at a time when you've got a marriage that's coming to an end, you've got a load of turmoil with children. Did you get pushback from from getting rid of people? And, And how did you go about ending relationships with people that were no longer in alignment I'm gonna be honest with getting rid of some of them it wasn't always like a conversation sometimes it was like I would just back off and then they would just back off I think it comes down to not caring what people think and just knowing that you're doing the best for yourself and again coming from my background that was a lot of rewiring going on for me because I was a people pleaser I was a dependent person um, so having to not help people think, I still find it a struggle now. I think we all do, actually. I think a lot of us, we do. We naturally, we we do. But you have to try and you just have to know what's best for you and know what people are supporting you. And I think with time, as opportunities come up as well to see people's responses to things, if they're not sure and stuff, it's like, hang on a minute, you're not actually supporting me here. So... I can't invest too much time and energy into this. And yeah. it sounds really, for me, I feel really cutthroat even saying it. I was brought up in quite a strict Christian household where it's like, you know, you've got to do everything for everyone. And but part of my like retraining my brain is knowing that I am special enough and important enough to actually look after myself. And then I can do everything else more effectively. 
How do you know and did you know what was best for you? Can you describe the 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 kind of the way you knew what was best for you? I think it was about thinking about what I actually enjoyed doing and what I was passionate about. And once I thought about those things um, and started to step out with those things, I just got positive back. So I got encouraged to podcast as well. And I thought I'm going to do it when I'm more sorted and, you know, and then one day I just thought, I'm just going to do a little trailer and put it out and just see. And it got a good response back. So it was just thinking about the things I enjoy. Like, and when I had time, when I was on my own as well, this is another thing. It was really important for me to be on my own because I actually had time to develop. What do I actually like doing? What things do I enjoy doing? What am I passionate about? What makes me feel happy? And as I was doing those things, I just, everything shifted. Whereas before I hadn't done those things like makeup. I, it's, it's like really fun for me and I like helping other women feel good about themselves and doing tutorials and things like that. Um, I'd never done anything like that before, but as I started to do it, I just got a good response back. And then it just, it was like breadcrumbs leading me towards what I was meant to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so interesting because this is one of the things that, that that's been a bit of a recurring theme in the conversations I'm having in this podcast is about how do you, if you're stuck and a lot of people yeah. can relate to being stuck, if you're stuck, how do you get unstuck? And, and this is this piece of thinking about if money was no object, what would I do? And if I could do anything, what would I do? And it doesn't mean that you have to have a complete career change. It just means yeah. how can you add a little bit of light into your, yeah. into your day that gives you that, positive boost and it sounds to me like you followed your your gut really and your intuition yeah. into yeah. this is what I enjoy I'm going to make time for it because it's important for me and you yeah. know the, the 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 you know the walkway lit up as you were going along it and it just gave you that positive feedback what would you say to somebody who's listening to this and thinking yeah that's really great but I can't do that why do you think that you can't do it like do you need to kind of think about that? And also, it's not, I was just thinking when you were saying what you were saying before is that it's often just taking a small step. If we think of the whole picture, we can get overwhelmed and think, well, I can't do that. But like I just said with the podcast thing, doing a whole episode felt really overwhelming. So I just did a trailer. I just took one small yeah. step. And I yeah. think often it's about that. And you know what? The hardest step is the first step too. And once you've done that, you build your confidence and you can do another. So I would just say to anyone doubting themselves, try and think about where that actually stems from. Who told you that? Because it's not factual. And just try building your confidence with taking that small first step. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Is It's just sometimes we have to take baby steps and yeah. not focus too much on the kind of end goal, especially if it's a yeah. big goal. It's just one day at a time. And I know with things like... Yeah divorces and separations is you often have to go one day at a time I think to start off with sometimes it can be an hour at a time yeah especially if you're dealing with a difficult ex that you've got to negotiate with and the children and the children are you know upset and disorientated yeah. and they act yeah. out and you've got you know a, a whole kind of melee of of chaos going on I yeah. think 
it's really admirable. I'm listening to this and thinking I'm not quite sure uh, how you pulled it off in in being able to leave a relationship, manage five children and still go after what lights you up. A lot of people would sort of be still collapsed in a corner on the floor. Oh, bless you. I think it's helped me to to do the things that I love doing. It's helped me. And also my kids are watching me. Mm. I want them to see me go for my dreams because I notice that they they are watching me. Even if they don't say anything about it, they are seeing what I'm doing and they are doing the same thing. So I want to be a good role model for them and I want to go for my dreams so that they will go for their dreams. And that's really important to me. Yeah, and I think that is very important. It's the one thing I sat with when when I got divorced because I got a lot of slack for slack, flack. I got a lot of flack for ending the relationship. And I did what was best for my for, for my daughter and for me in that I looked at it and, and said, the relationship I'm in and the way it is, is modeling what's normal for her. And it's not normal. It's unhealthy. It's dysfunctional. And in it, it does take a lot of courage to be able to to end something when you have in the face of people going, what are you doing? And, you know, yeah. some people didn't talk to me and it was it was yeah. very difficult. But yeah. I just thought, what do I want for my daughter is I don't want this. I don't want to care to keep repeating the, the pattern of dysfunction. And yeah. I, it's something I hear often, you know, with people or oh, we'll stay together for the kids. Well, actually, you're yeah. you're not helping them. So you're not, you're not helping another them. Thing that I thought about as well, because it had been a long time that we were together. But I knew it was going to be right for my kids to see me walk away because the level of disrespect was too much. If they saw that I tolerated that, what would they tolerate as well? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, so, that, I think that is yeah. a it's it's a very, very powerful. Could you yeah. share three biggest the three biggest learnings that you got from your journey that you wish you'd known sooner that could perhaps have saved you from uh, a lot of chaos? Although I wonder sometimes whether we we need to be saved from what we've done. Sometimes I think everything that happens in our lives up to this point brings us to where we are. It molds us and shapes yeah. us. Yeah. But um, yeah. what do you wish you'd known that would perhaps have, have made life a little smoother for you? I think something that I worried about when I was married was about the whole single mum stigma. Do you know what? It was so humbling becoming a single mum because... I used to kind of look and think, why can't you keep it together? I know it sounds, or you know, like, why didn't you stay? You know, that kind of judgmental thing. And it was the best thing ever for me to become a single mum and actually live it out and realise. And I do think it's been the making of me. So I think knowing that single mums can be successful and that we have so much to offer. Like, if you think about all the things that we manage on a day-to-day basis on our own, that makes a pretty amazing human. So... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just that we're living every day with our kids. We can use the things that we learn in our work and everyday life. And I just think it was that mindset and that single mum stigma thing that I think really held me back for a long time when I could have gone before. But I had that mindset and I wish that that had shifted earlier. Um, I think also knowing that I needed to be on my own as well, like I said before, to discover who I really am. I think that was a really key thing. And another thing I learned as well in therapy was 
just that moment when you want to reach out for something else, but you kind of have to sit with your loneliness. It's the hardest thing ever, but it's actually the, again, it's the making of you because it's growing your character and it's growing you as a person. And then you have something to offer other people when they're low and you can share what your experience. And I think that facing that loneliness, facing that, you know, dark hour when you're just, it's the making of you. And I think that was, that's like a massive takeaway that I've learned. And I think as well about just be really, really careful who's surrounding you as well. Like who you surround yourself with determines where you end up in life. So surround yourself with people that support you. Surround yourself with people that are doing their best to move forward in life and encourage and there's no ulterior motive. Um, And I think that's been a massive thing that I've learned as well. Yeah, those are, are, are three really, really amazing takeaways. And and I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we we become the thing that we fear the most. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and it's actually better than I ever thought. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. I think sometimes the universe sometimes the universe brings you a lesson and says, ha, yeah. yeah. Let's just pop you there. That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. But I think these journeys we go on allow us as coaches to be able to really support our clients. Because when you've gone through something and you've come out the other side of it, you are very well equipped to guide somebody else through that, to set an example of, I know it's hard, but it's doable. Yeah. I've done it. And I can help guide you through that as well. And and I can yeah. very much relate to this piece of sitting with the loneliness because um, yeah. it's really hard I think when you're single especially when you're single with children is to yeah. reach out for another relationship to try yeah. and soothe to go and to, the emptiness to, yeah definitely to I'm um, transference isn't it really you know yeah. just go to the next and yeah. and I think that happens a lot and I was yeah. very mindful not to do anything like that because I knew that was not going to help yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, what I hear from what you've shared is just this real self-awareness, this mindfulness, this um, being conscious of of your behavior patterns and being very deliberately doing something differently. So powerful. And this has been so enlightening to to hear your story and just to to listen to how you've shifted. I mean, it took huge, huge courage to do that. So um uh, amazing amazing um Andrea for anybody who wants to get in touch with you and listen to your podcast where can they find you so if you go onto Spotify um it's she has wings podcast with Andrea Bentley and um I'm also on other platforms as well I'm on Amazon Music um and yeah there's a few other platforms that distribute but the main one is Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well Cool. I'll put the link in the show notes there. And then can people get hold of you on Instagram as well? Yeah, I'm quite active on Instagram. So Andrea Charlotte Bentley on there. Um, I do quite a lot in my stories and I do some reels and things um, to do. It's a mixture, really, because I've got body positivity in there, makeup and life coaching all in there. So Brilliant. Check it out. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll put both of those in the show notes. So please go and connect with Andrea if her story resonated for you, which I'm sure it will have done, it's it's very either. So this is something that's very close to to my heart and, and an experience I've been through. So um, and I, I know from from my own journey, it takes huge courage and huge, huge resilience to 
move through this and to continue going forward. So uh, thank you for, for sharing your story with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, folks. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, please share with your friends and be sure to leave me a five-star rating and review, especially if you're listening on Pine Apple Podcasts. To find out more about my one-on-one coaching, please visit my website, which is emmaobriancoach.com. And remember, folks, when life gives you lemons, you can always choose another fruit. See you next time.